0: And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting.
1: Hi listeners, it's Esther Gallagher here. We have two wonderful doulas, Manuela and Shaquila from Doulas by the Bay, and they're going to introduce themselves further in just a moment. But I wanted to remind you all that in addition to this podcast, which you can pick up and refer your friends to, on all the various uh, platforms for listening to podcasts. We also have our website, fourth We have a Facebook page and we want you to subscribe if you can to our podcast so that it just shows up in your little podcast app um, whenever we have a new one. And uh, if you can, It would be ever so lovely if you could sponsor us, even if it's just a dollar episode, that would help us. So without further ado, I would just love to ask my wonderful guests to each introduce themselves. And why don't we start with you, Shakila? Tell us about your business and how you came to be a
2: doula. Thank you so much, uh, Esther, for this opportunity. Um, Thank you, listeners. My name is Shakila Marando. I am originally from Tanzania, East Africa, and I'm a mother of two, two girls, 10 years and 11 years old. Mm -hmm. I am a founder of Doulas by the Bay LLC. is an agency that connects parents and professionals, I would say, Parenting professional like doulas um, to work and help families pre and post nero and offer them support. And um, I founded the company um, twenty fourteen, and I've been actually a doula myself for about nine years. Wonderful. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Manuela, how, tell us all about you.
3: <laughs> yes. Um. Hi, everyone. My name is Manuela Bakilana, and I'm 36 years old, and I come from Tanzania. I'm married, and I've been living in the Bay Area for 16 years. And um, I've been a postpartum doula for almost six years now. I did my training back in 2012, and I've been working as a postpartum doula ever since. Wonderful. That's great. So... um,
1: why don't you each take as long as you need to tell us what brought you to being doulas? What interested you in the idea of helping other families? I'm very curious. I'm always very curious. It's such a great story, and it's always a great story.
2: Um, I think for me, um, my journey is a mother. Uh, my first... Um, Born was born in uh, 2006, and I know um, how much support usually a mother and her entire family needs after having a baby. I was very fortunate. Um, of course, I had their dad, and then I had my mom and my sister. Um, and sometimes I wonder, families that doesn't have um, a big family to support them, you know, how would they survive? At least the first, the fir- first four. Um, months of, you know, the baby's life, fourth Mm -hmm. trimester, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I love what I do, I really do love working with parents, just for me, I'm a a night postpartum doula for many years now, I really do enjoy going and working with parents, I help them with uh, breastfeeding, I help them uh, just knowing how to care for the baby in a daily basis. I usually establish um, a night, a day, a day routine for them to help them learn how to, you know, help the baby and go through the day with the newborn, and as well how to establish a good night routine when the baby uh, is old enough. So I really, really enjoy working with families. is my call, I would say, and I do believe that it takes a village to, to raise a child, so... As long as we can come together and get some help from families, from doulas, I think uh, we can make a better world.
1: I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I do. That's what this podcast is all about.
3: (laughs) What about you, Manuela? What what brought you here? So um, I come from a family of eight children. And um, when my youngest sister was born in 93, when I was 12, I got my first introduction to raising a newborn child. I helped my mother to take care of her. I used to help with feeding, bathing, and babysitting her, and, you know, just making sure she's okay and happy. (laughs) Um, After moving to the United States in October of 2001, I worked as a nanny for several families in order to support myself while I attended college. I attended Laney College and then I transferred to San Francisco State University. Where I majored in health education with a concentration in community based public health, as I've always been interested in healthcare. I also really enjoy working with babies, so after hearing about postpartum doulas in 2010, I decided to do some research and ask people about the doula career. It fascinated me because I had experience already through working as a nanny. In July 2012, I decided to transition to working as a postpartum doula. I contacted Nikki Tilsner, who is one of the founders of Cornerstone Doula Trainings, and took the comprehensive postpartum doula course with her. Upon completion of the course, I volunteered for one family with newborn twins in Delhi City. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) After about two weeks, the couple decided to hire me, and that is how my journey as a postpartum doula began, and I'm still enjoying it up until now.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
3: That's
1: great. That's fascinating. You know, it's very interesting to me um, how many um, of us, um, one way or another, are very well-educated. Right? Yes. Not mm-hmm. necessarily through college, yes. but through trainings, experiential opportunities, yes. etc, we are a pretty smart group. Yes, yes, and we always oh, yeah. we
3: do continual continual education as well. You know, when you go to the doula meetings, yes, yes. Yeah. So we always have speakers. Yeah. Yes, that's right. The San Francisco Doula Group
1: makes a point of having speakers. I'm the speaker coordinator Hello. currently,
3: okay.
1: <laughs> and I've noticed that in the past with the doula group, we would look outside of our group for professionals to come speak to us mm-hmm. from outside. But there's so many of us who have such interesting backgrounds that I've started to actually see how many of the doulas amongst us are, have something interesting they want to tell our group about. So, um, oh so yeah, I just I just wanted to um, mention that, you know, you were talking about your background in education and um, I want I wanted. Take a little detour back into your history. Yes. You both are from Tanzania. Yes. And um, I don't know whether you grew up in, in communities close by each other or far apart from each other. Certainly in California, every community has its unique flavor. But um, would, is there anything about growing up there that you would like to talk to our listeners about either just your own personal experiences growing up there, or maybe you even would venture a comparison and contrast between what you experienced um, as children and young women in another country and
2: then coming to America.
1: Or the U.S., I should say. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's a very um, good question. Yeah, I think at least with my experience growing up in Tanzania, we found out that um, our communities are very, very close, yeah, so like for me, growing up, we would know every kid in an entire street. Um, we are very close, and then of course, as mothers or families when they you know they go through labor and give a, give birth, the entire community will come close and, and support the mother, so and usually have extended families there. So, why don't
1: you tell us some specific ways mm-hmm. that the neighborhood would would help those new parents?
2: Yeah, so like for us, my neighbor would come in, you know, offer food, mm-hmm. um, take care of the, the siblings, mm-hmm. they would take them and, you know, care for them. And definitely since we are very, very close, if you give, you know, if they know that there is a certain family in, you know a community or a street has given birth and then everyone will come and support that mother for us we do know that a mother who has given birth they usually stay in their bedroom mm-hmm. and their their only job is to breastfeed mm-hmm. and sleep basically and <laughs> the entire community whether it's extended family you know you know our friends would we'll make sure there is food for her you know, she takes care of herself, she gets plenty of rest. They take over, you know, the, um, the entire uh, basis of taking care of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, the household. The household, mm-hmm. um, yeah, chores, you know, mm-hmm. other responsibilities that, you know, weighs the family during that time. And make sure that the mother rests, just sleeps and eat and feed the baby. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: her job. At least the 40, 40, 40, it, it, for first 40 days. Yes, I wanted yeah. to add that. So we have what you call arobaini. Arobaini means 40. Mm-hmm. So when the baby is born, basically the baby is not supposed to go out too much. Right. Especially at, at least out of the compound. Maybe you can take her out of yes. the house for fresh air. But then after 40 days, you have a big celebration. You have family and friends come by, you know, come over to your place. Mm-hmm. And then you have a big feast and just, it's like a big introduction of the baby to the world. Oh, that's delightful. Yes. Yeah.
1: I often um, suggest to my clients that, you know, they keep it very, very quiet and low key for the first couple of at minimum two weeks but preferably four to six weeks and um which still is a short period really and then think about rather than having you know one person come to visit and a whole string of people coming to visit one at a time Mm -hmm. that they just have a potluck (laughs) (laughs) right and people can bring food and you can come out with the baby you can go back in the house and You know, hopefully it can be outdoors. It is the Bay Area. Many days are sunny, and we can do that a lot. Um, But rather than imagining that you're going to see one person at a time, Mm -hmm. you know, and never take a nap, (laughs) that you're actually just going to have a little party and everybody can meet the baby. And um, I like that idea. I Mm -hmm. think that's, as a tradition, I think it's, I I honestly think it's just healthier. But I also think... um, what in the U.S. we call <laughs> traditional communities mm-hmm. are really smart about, you know, if someone's sick, they stay home. If, mm-hmm. you know, yes. if like they're protective of that baby, even on the big party day, um, they know enough to that. This is, you know, this is the baby's first time
3: yes. right. coming
1: in, into community and you have to be uh, respectful of that. Right. Um You know, I have said on this podcast a number of times, and so finally we have living proof. So we give a lot of credit, um, or I certainly do, to Asia for the the tradition of the first 40 days. And I said, Mm -hmm. I always say, I know it's older than that. I know it goes back further than that. Yes. It must, you know. Yes. So I'm so happy to have that confirmed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes and I wanted, but another thing we do is, like, after a certain period of time, also the baby's head is shaved. I um, oh. you do that you Never yes. heard of it. Tell us about it. Tell us yes, about it. Yes, so that. basically you just shave the head um, to symbolize a new life and a new beginning. And you know that the that, that baby's hair in the womb is not... um, It's like you want a... Uh, I don't know how to put it. It's like a different life in there. Yes, a different yes. life in there. So you save the baby's head to symbolize new life, mm-hmm. new beginnings.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think part of that, and correct me, I, I might be wrong in this, but I think part of it is if they've survived outside the womb for 40 days, they've got a pretty good chance, right? Yes. Things are looking good. And so now they're actually ready to be a baby. Yes. They're no longer a fetus. Yes. You know, human human babies are squirted out into the world a little early. You know, we talk about yes. that a lot. Like, really, even though they look big, mm-hmm. they're still immature. They wow. still, if they were a different uh, mammal, mm-hmm. they would still be in the womb, developing further, wow. until they could do more things. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I think it, that's part of what's being symbolized is okay, the baby's made it to this next developmental phase where they're not so much a fetus. Yes, they're actually a newborn. <laughs>
3: yes. A human being. Yes.
1: <laughs> and mom's good, baby's good, everything's good and we can celebrate that. Right. Yeah. Would you say that's yes, correct? that's yeah. correct. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Yes. I love that. Now, you know, a lot of babies, um, their hair just falls out. (laughs) I'm sure you've noticed, like, some babies just don't even make it that far. Their hair just falls out, if they had hair to begin with. And some babies are just born completely bald. Right. I had one of each.
3: (laughs) I wanted to add another thing. Um, The advantage of back home, you know, we have the community, um, so, so... Societies versus mm-hmm. the U.S. is individualistic. Yeah. So one advantage is that, you know, when you have people surrounding you, you hardly have any time to be depressed, you know? Right. I first had the temple span of depression here in America. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good to have people around you mm-hmm. if you are feeling... You don't have time to feel that because you have somebody to talk to. Yes. And take care of you. And... You don't well, I think so that much. you
1: never have to worry that your child will be taken care of, that you will be taken care of. And I think yes. my experience, and I certainly experienced postpartum depression both times, was, mm-hmm. gosh, you know, most of the time, it's all me, all the time. Yes. Plus yes. everything else I have to do. Mm-hmm. That the people around me knew nothing about how best to support a pregnant person, making sure that I was well fed making sure I was getting enough sleep not disrupting those things but rather supporting those things so by the time I had my newborns it was just more of that right more disruption Mm -hmm. more lack of support more stress and so uh, and less food and less sleep, right? Nice. So, of course, physiologically, I couldn't sustain that mm-hmm. and still be feeling pretty healthy and whole a lot of the time. Right? And I think just the sense that you know, because you've grown up knowing that everyone around you knows who you are, knows what you need, is willing to support you in it, just as you are willing to support them in it when their turn comes. Exactly. Right? Yes. You are exactly absolutely correct, Manuel. I mm-hmm. don't think you could have put it more succinctly and more beautifully. That um, you know, there's there's not time, but there's also not the anxiety. Yes. You know, right. yeah. it just isn't. You're not anxious. You know, and I think you know, so long as you're not experiencing political forms of deprivation, war, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get through this life feeling pretty well if right. you have community. You have the support. Right? Yes. Um, so, yes, thank you for reinforcing that. Um, You're
2: welcome. <laughs> you know, it's,
1: it's very challenging in a highly capitalist society <laughs> to find community support. Um, thank yeah. goodness for doulas, right? Thank goodness for neighbors if you're lucky enough to have them and i as i've said on this podcast before i don't think i really would have made it if i didn't have my wonderful neighbor it was just she and i we both say you know we we kind of saved each other because at least we had each other to talk to about what was going on Mm -hmm. to offer support i mean if if needed you know i could drop my baby with her. She could drop her baby with me and that baby would get breastfed if needed it and diaper changed and you know if necessary, all of that was taken care of. And we only had each other. Okay. Um there there wasn't, you know, the other neighbors were kind of clueless. What and about it? They're pa- perfectly nice people, but they right. had no idea what right. to do to help us. Oh I was yeah. gonna ask who were your parents, your mom. My mom was working full time for oh, wow. Head Start, which you probably oh, yeah. have heard of. Yes. She was the executive director for four counties, oh, wow. and she had three days to be with me. She was with me day one, day two, and day three, oh, and my then two, yes, yes. Uh, you know, I was with my daughter two weeks, and mm-hmm. we both were just devastated when I had to go home to be oh. on call for other clients. You know, I mean, this is this is. Very much the experience in America, yes. You know, and, and now, you know, with with this uh, demographic of older mothers, right? Women who aren't mm-hmm. having their babies till they're in their late thirties and, right. and all the way through their late forties, yeah. many is the time that their parents are retired right. and therefore can come and stay. Yes. But concomitantly, <clears throat> they're not always able bodied.
3: Because they're in their Mm -hmm. 70s. Yes. And I wanted to add that um, I've worked for clients who, a lot of clients who have moved here from other states, they move here for work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes I ask them, when I go for the interview, I ask them, do you have, you know, family who can come and help you for a few days? They're like, no. We we'll moved yeah. here from, from another state for work. We have nobody. Yeah. Yes, and that's so, very often the case. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Where were your children born? So, my children, uh, they were born in, over here in Berkeley, California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I came here when I was, I believe, probably 19. Mm. So, a long time ago. And I nice. Came, yeah, and I came here to I work. I had a two year old when I was 19. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was a young mom. Yeah. So you came to go to college. Yeah, I came to go to college. Um, I had um, my late aunt now, um, who you know took me in and shelter and took care of me as I go through um, those uh, first years in in America. So. Mm -hmm. I went to um, Canto Costa College, um, also Peralta colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, my major was nursing so nice. that was that' was what I was going for and then <clears throat> gave birth birth later on years later. Um, and then I just felt I've always worked with children as a nanny prior to that so 13 years as a nanny and then after the my kids came. Um, you know, the support that network, my mom and my sister would come and help me. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up working with one of my, this was my first actually doula client. Uh-huh. Yeah, she needed some help and she had a newborn and she told me about doula. And, you know, I went and did a little research and I took a course. And, you know, that's how I became a doula afterwards. Nice. Yeah. 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 So it was um, such an empowering um, experience for me. Yes, yeah.
1: No, isn't it interesting that something that's considered alternative (laughs) in America and that, you know, a special few of us get to experience if we're lucky enough and we hear about Mm -hmm. it and we, you know, our friends tell us about it because they have the experience. I mean, there are still huge swaths of, of communities of women who have not yet heard the word postpartum doula (laughs) they have no idea that there are people who actually know stuff about what it means to be postpartum what it means to be going through a major developmental phase of being a woman you know uh that you don't avoid unless you never have kids
2: yes right (laughs) yeah right so
1: um yeah and 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 it's too bad that in the US when people hear the word postpartum they think it means depression right yeah. they don't uh-huh. see it as necessarily as the normal developmental phase that comes once you deliver your baby right. that everyone's going to go through yes they yeah, think yes. it's a problem oh. yeah a mental health problem yeah. When it doesn't have to be, just yes. as you yes. were pointing out. Yes. So, yeah. um, while I think physiologically there are going to be plenty of moms who have maybe lots of help in the postpartum period and still will experience some sort
2: of...
1: real real mm-hmm. difficulty yes. from a social emotional standpoint. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's important to note that. Without support, without um, knowledgeable assistance, many, many, many women are going to have a much more difficult social-emotional time of it. Yes.
2: And And part of um, EDULA, usually we work to support the entire family. So we make sure that the mom feels better, you know, psychologically, emotionally. And um, if she's struggling, definitely we do refer out to she seeks some more help. Yes. Yeah, especially when it comes to mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we monitor and make sure. Oh, even we ask during interviews if they have that history. history of depression because we know once the baby comes with lack of support, definitely, or even with some support, they might you know, end up you know, going back to and experiencing you know, mental health issues. So mm-hmm. we do recommend um, you know, they seek some help.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and we're rather lucky in the Bay Area, aren't we? Because there are so many uh, wonderful um, mental health uh, workers who are orienting themselves to the special needs of the postpartum parents. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So good, yeah. Um, Manuela? Tell us something that I don't have to ask you about. What what uh, what else do you want us to know about your work and you and and uh, what's up?
3: <laughs> um, I wanna I want parents to know that um, they don't always have to feel alone. If they if they feel like the you know the first the first few months with a newborn are difficult, to always ask for help. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't worry about their finances. Mm-hmm. It's very important that they... You know, especially for the well-being of the baby. Mm-hmm. Because I I read some article. I don't remember the author. And um, basically it was saying that um, babies can feel the mother's emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so, you know, some mothers say, oh, my baby is fussy, my baby is colic, my baby just cries. And um, that article pretty much says says that um, if the mother is feeling down and always depressed and the baby senses it and reacts to that, mm. I think the term they used to call that is neuro mirroring uh-huh. so the baby can you know mirror the mother's emotions, mm-hmm. whether the mother is aware of it or not,
1: sure, yeah, yeah, it's so an it's interesting neuro- phenomenon, yes. yeah, and these things can be challenging to tease apart and i I want to be sure our listeners understand that we're not blaming moms mm-hmm. <laughs> for fussy babies right. um, yes. but rather acknowledging that this is kind of um a feedback loop and that there is help yes. right there's just help whether it's just somebody to come help hold your baby during those fussy periods of time so that you can get some respite or it's somebody who is going to do that deep dive with you, um, to really root out your anxiety and depression and help you find skills to cope with, with those feelings um, that help you actually feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. not just coping, but actually help you, um, uh escape the the loop <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that you might be in yeah
3: and another thing that i have to remember is that you know it's just a phase yes, yes. especially the first 3 months so yeah. p- parents have to remember to keep their perspective mm-hmm. it's not going to last forever i okay. know you know it's difficult sometimes especially when you have a colicky baby but Hang in there. Mm-hmm. Take it one day at a time. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. one
1: breath at a time. <laughs> yes. Right? Like just bring out your breath. Yes. <laughs> Focus on your breath. <laughs> uh-huh. Slow down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's true. I, I think one of the sort of experiential uh paradoxes of the first three months postpartum, mm-hmm. the fourth trimester, is that on the one hand... Things are changing so fast, right? The baby is growing and developing all the time. Yes. Uh, you can barely keep track, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the same time, things seem to be going so, so slowly. And it, it, you can feel trapped, right? Yes. You can feel just like, oh my gosh, are we ever going to get out of this you know, very challenging phase. So it is, it's paradoxical. um, But it's also a phase that helps us prepare for the rest of parenthood, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it's going to ease up. (laughs) But you're still going to need those skills that you developed as a new parent when you're an old parent.
4: Yes.
1: That's very, I, I really appreciate the reminder, mm. Um. How about you, Shaquila? Anything you'd like to talk about in terms of, well, maybe how doulas help families? Yes. And I know with your agency, uh, you help connect people to various forms of doulas. Isn't that correct? Yes, it is correct.
2: Um, so... For us, we in my agency, we do have uh, different uh, parenting professionals. We have birth doulas who help mothers when they are going through birth, labor and birth. Mm-hmm. And also we have postpartum doulas who come after uh, the mother goes home mm-hmm. and support her there. And usually they're very, you know, knowledge when it comes to breastfeeding how to care for the baby. And our job as doula is really to empower family and work out, out of the job, we call mm-hmm. it. So by <laughs> yes. that time we do leave the family, they have all the skills necessary to be able to care for the newborn and also care for themselves. Yeah, yes, Wonderful. And we yeah. do definitely care for the entire family, from siblings to you know immediate family members. You know, making sure after the baby comes, they transition, you know, well and, you know, with a um, he- healthy through the first um, three or four months. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we also offer nanny services. So after moms go back to work and mm-hmm. they're looking for nannies.
1: No kidding. That's great. Yes. I'm often wondering where I can send my parents <laughs> who are saying, okay, now it's time for us to find nannies. Yes. So, um, I, I know of one or two agencies, but
2: it's fantastic. I'm yes. so thrilled to know that you also provide that service. Yes, I've started providing it because I, I've been, you know, asked, being asked by different mothers, mm-hmm. you know, for such services because it's an immediate need after the doula leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah,
1: and most of our... Our moms are going to be
2: returning to yeah, work. to work full time work at some point, yeah. yes, and also we do our placenta services great um, sleep services and breastfeeding services, so it's like a one stop shop, one <laughs> yes, once you you know are expecting and we will be there with you mm-hmm. yeah, every step of the way and um and also now do us by the bay um is working on launching its first portal, an education educational portal for parents. Wow, so, yeah, um, that's exciting. Yeah, so everything will be online in terms of education for expecting a new parents. So anything from, you know, how to care for your newborn, mm-hmm. breastfeeding, introduction to solids how wow. to search for a better uh, child care all the education will be available in this portal and you can find out more information by visiting doulasbythebay.com fantastic yeah, something that we are gonna la- launch pretty soon but it's gonna be more like linda.com only with parenting education fantastic that is, necessary. That is wonderful wonderful news yes.
1: yeah we are very excited. Yeah, very I excited. you are. That's yes. great. Well, um, now, of course, listeners will be listening in the future to this podcast. So get out there and look for these things because they may
2: already be there right. when you hear this podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my website is www.doulasbythebay.com. Fantastic. Yes. hmm Right. Oh, info at doulasbytheway.com. Great. That's the that contact email. email. Yes. Great. Yes. Great. Yeah.
1: Great. Okay. Um, now, you both, if I'm not mistaken, have done nighttime doula work. Is that correct? correct. Yes. Okay. So, um, I am not currently remembering uh, having a nighttime doula on the show. <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean we haven't. Um, absolutely, because I know Sarah uh, does some of the podcasts without me. Okay. Um, but I'm always I'm always curious myself. But I always want um, our listeners to hear about what a well trained nighttime doula is going to provide by way of caring for families. So Manuela, what can you tell us about how you take care of families at night?
3: Okay, so um, the shift usually begins at 10 p.m. and ends at 6 a.m. And um, I usually assist the mother with breastfeeding or if the baby is taking a bottle, I assist her with, you know, I always remind the mother to pump milk and make sure it's ready. Mm-hmm. And then um once once I take care of the baby, you know, once the baby has eaten and has been swaddled and pulled back to sleep, I will help the mom with uh, some laundry. Sometimes I make soup, you know, for those mothers who love soup. Good for you. Yes, yes. Soup is good. Yes, and I would sterilize the bottles Mm -hmm. and um, obviously check on the baby, make sure the baby is fine Mm -hmm. and doing well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's a typical night shift. Mm -hmm. And I bet you encounter moms who, while
1: they're breastfeeding, if they're not also sort of sleeping or dozing through that breastfeeding, have questions and concerns. Is that the case? Do you have those moms who sometimes, you know, just have to ask you questions about their baby or they're not sure about their bleeding or they're having
3: breastfeeding issues? Do you encounter that at night? Yes, I've had a lot of moms who have questions about breastfeeding, especially latching. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm You know, for the the first few weeks, that you know, they always say, oh, my baby's not latching well or I'm worried my, maybe my baby's not getting enough to eat. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of questions that I get, mostly mm-hmm. about latching. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I usually suggest something. Maybe we could, you know, prop up the mom with some pillows mm-hmm. or hold the baby in a football position, and that yeah. usually seems to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, Have, Helping moms to feel flexible And like, it's okay to try different things, especially once they've been in the hospital, because they often feel very, um, like there must be a right way to do this, but they can't remember what it is because the nurse came in and did it. Yes. Right. Rather than, oh, this is my body. This is my baby. I can try different things. Hey, help me with this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's someone to help if they have a nighttime doula, which is, helpful yes, yes. Um, yeah I think that's I know in my work uh, and I only do daytime postpartum care but in my work I'm striving to as you say get the parents to the place eventually when they're ready to kind of be on their own with these mm-hmm. things and so I want them to feel flexible, like they're not going to break their baby if they try upside down and backwards, you know, it'll either work really great or it won't work at all and you can try it, you know, but um, yeah, I think moms need somebody nearby in those cases who can sort of just say, okay, let's try it. Yeah, So it's nice to have that. Um, I bet your moms are hungry at night, too.
3: <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah, sometimes you, you know, sometimes they just want a glass of water. You know mm-hmm. They want someone, they want to have someone there who can give them a glass of water or
4: mm-hmm.
3: bring them some snacks. Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes they just want to sleep throughout the night. So mm-hmm. the milk will be ready and all I have to do is just sleep you know, make sure it's warm and give it to the baby. Mm-hmm. They just want their rest. Yeah. Yes. yeah. There's or quite it's, a range of what yes. people want at night, doesn't it? Yeah, work. they mm-hmm. usually, in the morning when you wake up and you give them feedback, they say, oh, that was awesome. I feel so refreshed. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed, just some yeah. sleep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sleep is good. Yeah. Whenever you can get it, day right. or night. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um I'm going to, circle back around but i actually saw reference to an article that said women need more sleep than men just in general and i thought oh i want to I <laughs> find out about that see what the science is around that because i this, can relate does it say woman in general or woman who've just given birth it didn't say oh, okay. so it's not specific so to women. postpartum oh, okay. but i i don't know about you but i'm always telling my moms look you're healing. Yes. Yes. You're recovering. Mm-hmm. You're making milk like crazy.
3: Right.
1: You know, all those cows out in the field have to do is eat grass. Right. Right? They're not also trying to do six other things. Right. So, <laughs> bad comparison, but the point being like, and they rest. They eat yes. and they rest yes. and they make milk. Like, and they don't have to
3: worry about, um, Hospital visits, right? Or exactly. doing laundry, or yes. loading the dishwasher. Yes,
1: exactly. Or making their own food. Oh. God forbid. I mean, or oh, visitors coming! Visitors coming! Yeah, they're just out there with a bunch of cows. Right? You already know what's going on. So, so yeah. So, I have to remind moms why it is so important to try to sleep any time the baby sleeps, yes. day or night, and not imagine that. So if they got to sleep last night, they're good to go for the daytime. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. these things don't work that mm-hmm. way. Yes. They're, we're on a very different timeline. It's why in Tanzania you stay in the bedroom yes. for 40 days. It's, like 40 it's days. why in all of Asia you're supposed to just lay low for 40 days. Yes, right. So that if you're sleepy, you just sleep. Yes. Right? Yes. And if you're... When you're hungry, which is all the time that you're not sleeping, you're eating. You're eating. Yes. <laughs> that's
3: why the whole village makes you food. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. somebody told me that the number forty basically represents transition mm-hmm. or trials. Mm-hmm. For example, like in the Bible they talk about the number forty a lot. Yeah. So maybe that's forty why. days and right. forty nights. Right. <laughs> yes. You yeah. know. So yeah, I guess yeah. it kinda makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Or it's 40 days. 40, huh? yeah, yeah, a lot can happen in 40 yeah, days, 40 right? Days. So um, what about you, Shakila? Tell me about your night doula practice.
2: So my night doula practice, um, similar to Manuela, I get to work at 10 mm-hmm. and then stay up until 6 a.m. And part of my work, most of the time, whenever you know, the mother is is able to talk and they're looking for more information. I do like to educate a lot. Mm -hmm. So, and also when I get opportunity to work a little bit during the day, I do tend to educate moms a lot. Yeah. How do you swaddle? How do you burp? Um, Also, I'm a breastfeeding educator. So I love, love breastfeeding and I get to help mothers Mm -hmm. with that as well. So we try different positioning that works. Um, Anything that you know they might be facing that is challenging, yeah. and definitely I do remember the, the minute I walk in, I ask them about their day, how their day went, how is the baby doing, mm-hmm. if they have any questions, any challenges that they faced during the day, which hours comes up usually during that conversation, you know, and what to do. So, you know, I'll teach them a little bit how to structure. You know, routinely, you know, make sure that baby take naps also. You know, mm-hmm. make sure mommy's well rested, baby's well rested. That way, baby does not, you know, cry a whole lot during the evening, which sometimes is not, you know, preventable. But just to prepare mothers that this is normal, mm-hmm. babies do fast in the evening, and yes. then you know, it phases out like in six mm-hmm. or eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. I-,
1: I like to tell parents, you know everybody's kind of ratty at the end of the day, even yes. if you've had a great day. Yes. You know, yes. you've had a lot of stimulation. Even yes. if you napped through some of it, right. it was still in your environment. Yes. And sometimes it just makes your you irritable. Right, right. right and right. so there's just that phase of... Heading in the direction of quiet White. and sleep and nighttime and
2: nighttime.
1: being well fed and all those things yes. and it's it's tricky. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I like to say my dad still has colic.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love my dad, but boy, as the day wears on, it gets harder for him. Yeah, and he's eighty-five. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but same when he was thirty-five. <laughs> But we all were. I mean, I, you know, he was just the loudest example.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so I do a lot of um, education just to make sure when I leave work three months, four months, the family is good to go yeah. by themselves and also mm-hmm. making sure mom is well nourished mm-hmm. Um during the day, I mean, during the night when I'm there, by making sure that we have little snacks around. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to make breakfast because I know that usually, you know, moms when they wake up in the morning, they just rush to that baby.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And before they know it's 10 a.m., they haven't had anything. So It's true. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes you have to... <laughs> Especially in the early
1: days, you actually have to spoon it into them while they're breastfeeding,
0: yeah. <laughs> because if you
1: just set
2: it on the
0: table,
1: you
2: come back at three o'clock, it's still there, right? Yes. So, it's, it's
1: true. Um,
2: and babies you know, tend just, to eat when, whenever mom is hungry, is about the same time the baby wants to eat. So it mm-hmm. just. Usually yeah. goes that way. You
1: it's know? so <laughs> true. We used to look at each other and go. They smell the food. Yeah. They smell lunch, and they've got to eat. You know? you so, eat um, yeah. so yeah. You don't if if you waited till you weren't breastfeeding to eat. You never. Eat. You you never. Get and if you did eat, you'd never sleep. Right. So yes. it, you just have to eat when your baby's eating. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Encouraging you know parents to care first for themselves, which is kind of unnatural that's not really how it works after you have children you really mm-hmm. think about them first mm-hmm. but I you know I try to encourage you know parents think about you first and care for your needs first mm-hmm. making sure you are you know you get time to sleep um, you eat well in healthy meals mm-hmm. and then that way you can be able to better care for the newborn it's so true, just yeah. to remind them Mm-hmm. then to take care of yourself first that way you can be able to better care for the newborn
0: yeah so yes.
1: nice so nice well um, we're going to start to wrap up now okay. believe it or not um, is there anything that you can think of that you'd like to say that we didn't touch on yet or do you feel pretty complete
2: what do you think um I would like to encourage, um, you know, mothers when after they have a baby or they are in a journey of going to have a baby Mm -hmm. just to seek that um, help from people, uh, either friends or families, Mm -hmm. making sure not to be shy, as Manuela said, you know, to, to ask for help. Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, to take time for yourself too, you know, yeah. whenever you, you are able to, you can even, you know, go on with your partner, uh-huh. yeah, and have a date, a ten minute date. Date. date, an hour date.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I and mean, I think people don't um, realize, maybe prior to having the baby, that by by about the time the baby's four weeks old, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to introduce a bottle. And, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're going to be able to exclusively breastfeed your baby because you're not going back to work, mm-hmm. etc., that, you know, it's time to introduce at least one bottle a day. Yeah. Which means that, of course, first, your partner can have the satisfaction and fun of feeding the baby. Mm-hmm. But then gradually, um, you can have those dates nights yes. with your partner yes. um or date noons or date mornings or you know, <laughs> right. whatever right. whenever
2: works best for everybody
1: um uh,
2: or pump and make yeah. sure you have a reserve and you can mm-hmm. sneak out for an hour and come back yeah you know if you're able to but at least to remember the partner you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know has been there and mm-hmm. just to foster that relationship yeah. and connect with other moms the community of like-minded Mm -hmm. yeah and be kind to yourself you just went through birth and things are definitely different yeah life is definitely different at this time so just to be kind and take a day to time
1: um shakila i'm imagining correct me if i'm incorrect in this Mm -hmm. that um part of what your agency also does for moms and certainly this portal seems like an opportunity is help um, pregnant and new parents, um, to connect to the community, to find out what else is going on with parents. I mean, there's everything from infant massage classes to, I don't know, family dance night or, you know, whatever's going on that helps them meet new parents and things like that, which is such a nice thing to have on offer. Um right. so that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. And I think for those of us who tend to get into the downward spiral of isolation because we're shy, um you know, we have a particular challenge with connecting with other people. That's part of the difficulty as it were giving yourself that opportunity to be in community even if all you do is hire a birth and or postpartum doula and I would I always put the emphasis on postpartum if you have to choose between the two honestly I would go for postpartum (laughs) but um and I do both so that's my bias. <laughs> but just if you can start with one person who's there to care for you. Yes. And then can help lead you into in the direction of more and more community outside of right. your home. That will be a special boon to you.
0: Definitely. Yes. yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am
1: so thrilled to have finally <laughs> had you come on our podcast and get to hear about this really comprehensive uh agency you have Thank and you so um, much for having me mm-hmm. and uh, us together. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. yeah.
2: Shaquila, just give us the contact information one more time, if you don't mind. Yes, so you can find out more information on how to be connected with a doula or any services that you might need pre- and postnatal-wise by visiting www.doulasbythebay.com. Our email is info at and also, a phone number is 415-510-9736. I like that it's
1: 415 and 510. Yes. That's San Francisco, Man, Francisco and right. East Bay, oh, that's yes. great.
2: <laughs> and we have doulas who go all over the East Bay, San Francisco, Marin mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. close to Santa Cruz. Wow. Actually. So we are... Great. Yeah, we pretty much cater to... Cover it. Yes. Yeah. Great really yeah, <laughs> wonderful yeah
1: okay well listeners thanks for joining us one more time on the fourth trimester podcast and uh don't forget to check us out on facebook check out our website fourth and we look forward to you joining us next time on fourth trimester podcast